From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. I just said we'll preview more NBA basketball. We have got a stacked hour, a stacked hour of NBA preview to get to for you. But the big news today in the NFL is that Lamar Jackson spoke for the first time. The big news on this show is that Harry went to tinkle during the break and didn't make it back in time for the beginning of the segment. So Harry, every like, is it was the moving walkway not working? Like, what was like? <laughs> d- 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 was there was there nobody there to help you get like? That was that was the horse delayed? Like in my mind, there's a big like there's a beautiful white horse that sits outside of the office, and then Harry gets on and goes hurrah, and then it takes the the horse gallops you down to the bathroom. So what had happened was that I actually I went upstairs to use the restroom, right? Oh, okay. And uh, my wife started talking to me because she's in there packing because we're about to go to the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Ooh, what's, and, what's the fit going to be for that? Uh, I can't I can't tell right now. Okay, I gotta okay, let y'all okay, see. Okay, she, she's trying to figure out what the hell she's gonna wear. I'm like, honey, like we're leaving today. <laughs> like, why are you trying to figure out what you're gonna wear? Today over that we're leaving. So she's asking me about the options and stuff. And I was like, I got to get back downstairs. I'm doing a show right now. You know what? That's when you just text the group and say, hey, guys, uh, I'm helping her pick out outfits for the Derby right now. I will see you next segment. You know, I would I would, <laughs> I would respect that game entirely. How many I don't outfits, buy that story. Uh, how many? Out, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, or was she was, was she trying something on? And Harry's like, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out here for a minute. I'll hang out here. Hey, well, me. one thing we know, I'm a ceiling fan jumper. Excuse me. I jump what? off that bad boy. Excuse like me. no damn mother, what? baby. Excuse <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I, your wife is a saint, not only for dealing with you, but also because she listens to this show and she has yet to actually just hit me up and be like, "I'm gonna murder you." I, I, you know what? Your, your wife is an absolute. Saint. She just shakes her head. No, oh, you're just being you. Yeah, that is uh, the the two of us together are just glorified children and everything. Uh, everything Thanks. we do. Uh, speaking of, you know, frankly, obviously, you know, Harry's house, which is a, a palace. Uh, um, everybody knows that. That's not the only house that came up in conversation today at the Ravens press conference Lamar Jackson threw out an invite to somebody's house go and have a good time <laughs> is, that, is that an invite for everybody yeah that's an invite is that your house or my house your house oh okay <laughs> <laughs> only the good questions only the good questions invited <laughs> question Lamar uh, in, in March you tweeted out that uh, you wanted a trade uh, a month later you signed you know, a record deal what changed over that time Mr. Jameson, you know what? We gonna keep. You're not gonna be invited to the house. (laughs) (laughs) So to recap here, Lamar invites everybody to Harbaugh's house for a party. Only the good questions. Doesn't like the questions from our very own buddy Jameson Hensley, and then uninvites Jameson Hensley. Which I can you do? Like if Harry invites the whole show staff to the barbecue. And then one of us says something stupid. Can he then resend the invite? Is it resend the invite? Is that the way this works, Harry? Like you just no. Nah, we, we, see, we're we're embedded with one another, man. Like you know, our bond is so strong. I'm not gonna let one crazy thing that any of us say stop the invite to my house. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do y'all like That's that. That's great because I, I I'm just gonna admit I'd be most likely to get the invite rescinded based on something <laughs> I said. I don't know. Like, I feel like you know. Yesterday, I, I went to a, a, I went to one of the, a clothing store, right? And I'm looking for some workout clothes because I need you know I need some new workout shorts. 
and shorts have gotten particularly short again. I feel like I'm in the 80s NBA. And the first thing I did when I, I put them on and I looked in the mirror, I was like, man, these are going to get me uninvited to Harry's house. Like, oh, you and them Daisy Dukes? Uh, oh, mean, no, no, no. I feel like it. Like, I feel you like. You coming you know, over here with them daisies on the, now. The, the bottom of the cheeks were hanging out. That's all. They say they were five inch <laughs> shorts. I don't know. I just feel like well, the bottom you know, of the you, cheeks were you hanging out. You did try to make it clap one time on this show. Yeah. It's very disturbing. What? The very, very what? disturbing. What? There is no there is no. And twerking. I had to remind you. There is no twerking. Who you were at the time. Mm, no. Listen, I know it's a two o'clock hour. <laughs> But what are we doing? <laughs> and, and Devin, we're Dev, just, we're talking leave about us fashion. Alone. We're talking about fashion. All right, uh, let's talk about quarterbacks here for a second, though, because Lamar Jackson, on the heels of this massive deal, uh, has us thinking a little bit about. We don't like to rank things on this show because that can get too arbitrary and too random. However, I do love the concept of shelves. So, like, this is where the drunken me pot just shows up. Like, I like walking into a bar and saying, "I would like top shelf tequila." For example, like I don't like tequila that makes my chest burn. I want tequila that's like silver that, you know, is in the fancy bottle, uh, maybe looks like a bell. Like I, I want the tequila to cost me an extra few dimes. I, I, I want my vodka not to be in the pop-off bottle. I want the uh, vodka to be in the nice bottle. So I thought we'd do a little exercise here with the, in the spirit of Lamar Jackson talking and just talk about like the shelves. So when I say top shelf liquor, when I say like top dollar quarterbacks, like the guy that you're like, yep, I want that one. I, like We're talking about the upper, upper, upper echelon that you order only when somebody else is paying for it. I got Patrick Mahomes on that list. No, no, no argument from you, right, Harry? Patrick oh, Mahomes no. on that list. Now Not I'm, at all. I'm putting Joe Burrow on that list also at the top shelf. Like, oh my God, are, are you putting Joe Burrow up on that same shelf? Uh, I got Patrick Mahomes up there by himself. You got Patrick Mahomes on a shelf by himself. Yep. Okay, okay. So there's a there's a, a shelf below Patrick Mahomes for you. For me, I don't really have a hard time. Like uh, Patrick Mahomes gonna end up being the greatest that ever played. Fine, hurrah, huzzah. Uh, give the governor a harump. Fine, all these things. Uh, I would put Joe Burrow and Josh Allen on the same shelf. Like I'm not sure that they're they're, they're maybe as refined, but I would put them on the same shelf. But would you put Joe Burrow and Josh Allen then on a shelf directly below them? Yes, uh, with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how in the hell we can put Joe Burrow and Josh Allen on a second shelf, on the second tier shelf, and not have Aaron Rodgers. Last time I checked, Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl win, and he has four MVPs on his belt, too. Well, what about Lamar, then? Is Lamar on a shelf below them, or is Lamar on the same shelf as Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers for you? So I will, I'm putting Lamar on the shelf right beneath them. Um, because I also got to look at what, what's been done postseason-wise, but he is an MVP award winner. So I'm, I'm going to put Lamar right un, uh, right beneath him and then Justin Herbert beside Lamar. Uh, and uh, I, You know the, what? No. I, I, yeah, I'm going to put Lamar and Justin Herbert on the same shelf. Uh, all right. This is hard for me because uh, – and by it the is, way, tough. Uh, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football did some quarterback tiers in the AFC, had us thinking about this also. And, you know, he had Patrick Mahomes at one and Joe Burrow, Josh Allen at two, so that mirrors us. But on tier three, he had Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I personally – have no problem putting Lamar Jackson on the same tier as Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Uh, it might be a little bit below them. Also, I, like if, since you know me, I never care about body of work. I only care about right now. I, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't put Aaron Rodgers above Lamar Jackson. I'd put him on the same tier. I think that's that's pretty comparable. Like uh, career-wise, Aaron uh, Rodgers substantially you're better. But out like, of your damn mind. For, for right now, like for this year, and I'm we not sure. We're talking about a guy who won back-to-back -back MVPs. I believe it was 85 touchdowns to nine interceptions in a two-season span. 
I think he's going to go on that tier two line, boss. I, I'm just sorry. I don't care about the past. I only care about what we saw last year, eight and nine last year. <laughs> like, look, I, you know, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is in the category of excellent. He is excellent. But uh, I, I don't know that I would put him above Lamar Jackson. I, I Personally, I would put Mahomes, then Burrow, Allen, Jackson sort of all together, then Aaron Rodgers and that next. I, I think that's pretty. But what do we do with Justin Herbert, who, to your point that you've you made You know before, what? That's, 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 that's a great point. That, that, that is a great point. Uh, Lamar Jackson does not belong on the same line with, with Justin Herbert. But you know what? You, you made a great point. I, so I'm, I am going to put Lamar Jackson on that, on that second tier along with Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Rodgers, and Lamar. Okay, I like that. Uh, I, I think that all makes sense. Like Deshaun, Justin Herbert is spectacular. I love watching Justin Herbert play. There just isn't a lot of proof of winning concept for me. Well, so. And also, being up 27 to nothing in the playoff game, and oh no, I, I can't, I can't. He's he, he going to go in tier three by himself, though. He's well, on tier what, three about no, excuse me. Trevor Lawrence is gonna go in tier three with Justin Herbert. Right, that's what I was saying. If I'm gonna mark if I'm gonna take Justin Herbert down to tier three because he blew that lead, I gotta give Trevor Lawrence up to tier three because he made that comeback, right? Like yep. so I have no problem with that. And and we've seen from Deshaun Watson, again, only talking about the football player here, we've seen great moments from Deshaun, but last year we didn't see them. So I feel like Deshaun, Russell Wilson, uh, Jimmy G, like they're all sort of just stacked below these. I, I think right now Trevor Lawrence has proven his way to be above all of them. My question for you is, what do we do with Tua? Like, what shelf is Tua? Is Tua you know kettle one? Is Tua no, like- no, no, no. So, so Tua, Tua has to go on the same line as Justin Herbert. Okay. And Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So we're putting Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. I mean, damn, we together. got ninety damn quarterbacks to choose from. So I'm. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm scrambling looking at this. How many quarterbacks we're choosing? And from now, right Jimmy now. G is obviously top shelf, right? Because you can't be that pretty and be the quarterback of the Raiders and not be. Uh, Spectac- okay. I'm yeah, just- you can say he's top shelf and looks all you want okay. to, but when it comes to quarterback play, we're going yeah. to – heaven and hell? Boy, I, you know, I just keep looking at this. Like this is, 151? This is what, what's crazy. And right now, if you are the Texans, if you are the Colts, if you are even the Titans, your fan base believes you found your guy. If you are the Steelers, your fan base believes you found your guy. Those are four of the lowest-rated quarterbacks right now in the AFC. Kenny Pickett. Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, obviously. They're four of the lowest rated. That speaks to how stinking good the quarterbacks are. Like, when you really do this exercise, I have no idea. No idea. Trevor Lawrence quote tweeted the list Kyle Brandt put out there and said, quote, the game ain't played on paper. Ooh. He's right so, about so, that. So, so just for everybody to know, our tier one is Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Tier two, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Tier three, Justin Herbert. Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa. Yes, tier four. So right everybody there. else. Tier, tier yeah, four. Exactly. Everybody. At, at that point, now we're getting into well vodka, and it, we all know it's going to burn, <laughs> and you need a bunch of lime. Like that's at, what that, at that point, we're getting into like n- not even tap water, but toilet water. Okay. Well, let's not. Jimmy G's all right. Jimmy G's going to have an ascension this year. He's going to stay wildly healthy. Throw to these weapons, and suddenly, before you know it, <laughs> MVP. I can't, y'all. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard to talk myself into it. Going to be great having a top five pick next year. All right, the Lakers had a historic performance in game one against the Warriors. Can they do it again? That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
teams in the Lakers steal home court advantage away from the Warriors with a huge Game 1 win in San Francisco. How will Golden State respond? Coverage begins tonight at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Church, I passed along the way. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're California dreaming because of tonight's matchup, Lakers-Warriors, 9 p.m. Eastern, Game 2 of their playoff matchup. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Coverage on ESPN begins at 8 p.m. Eastern with NBA Countdown. And it's a really simple question. Is the Lakers game one performance repeatable? And Harry, I think this comes down to a couple of things. Styles make fights, right? We hear that all the time. But also, can the Lakers continue to get expect to get those minutes and that production from AD and LeBron? Because let's not get it twisted. AD and LeBron were asked to do a lot in game one. And it worked because of their size and because of the game plan. It worked. The question is, will it work again, especially given the fact that Game 2s have looked different than Game 1s in so many series so far? Yeah, I think Darvin Ham, the head coach of the Lakers, is going to have to be smart with the minutes of Anthony Davis and also LeBron James because those are the two guys who have been injured this season. Also, they're, 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 they're older when it comes to their age, and they've played a lot of meaningful basketball. But then Anthony Davis, you look at the injury history or whatnot, LeBron James – uh, the last few years have had a few injuries as well. So you got to be very mindful of it. Also, I think it's also a feel, though, too. If you're in a situation where you feel like you can, especially down the stretch, really, really, really win this basketball game, and don't get me wrong, that's the mindset of any coach or any player going into the game tonight anyway. But if you feel like you're at a point to where you could potentially go up 2-0 in this series, then you got to stick with your guys. But at the same time, I'm trying to like try to double barrel it here. Like at the same time, you got to be mindful of it. Like if you're up big early on in this game, I think that's an opportunity to steal minutes. That's an opportunity to get Anthony Davis out. That's an opportunity to get LeBron out of the game. Now, if you're at the end of the third quarter where the Warriors are on a run and you need your guys to be in there so the game doesn't get away from you, or you're starting the fourth quarter. You probably want your main guys in there if you got them rest in the third. So it's, I think it's a feel thing. Feel how the game is going for Darvin Ham. At the same time, being mindful of the minutes that they played in game one. But also, you know, what's the score? Are you up, you know, double digits? Are you up eight or nine points? Are the Warriors on a run? Do you want to stop the bleeding? So all those things play into factor when it comes to Anthony Davis and LeBron James in their minutes. My buddy Braden used to always say, fair's where a pig gets a ribbon, right? So uh, <laughs> fair's where a pig gets a ribbon. But you look at the schedule, and right now, if you're a Lakers fan, you don't love the fact that while there have been series, cough, New York, Miami, that have had several days off, I just got the schedule in front of me here, Thursday, tonight, 9 p.m. on ESPN. We know that. Then you're turning around Saturday night on ABC, Golden State at L.A., so every other day. Then you've got Monday. You've got that Monday night game, 10 p.m. on TNT. Then you go Wednesday. This is every other day. Not every series is dealing with that. So I think you're right. Like One thing the Lakers and Warriors are going to have to have feel of is if the game gets out of control, if things aren't going right, you're going to have to have a live-to-see-another-day mentality at certain times 
in the third and fourth quarter if things have gone off the rails. The other side is you're going to have to decide if the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Like how much turbo button are you looking from from your big boys to be able to get this one out of them knowing that they'll have to play again in two days? It is a help that I know Devin rolls his eyes every time we talk about travel. It is a help that these two teams proximity-wise don't have to worry about massive travel back and forth. Mm -hmm. But there is going to be this element of, you know, if you're Steph Curry, you realize that they ran with you. Everywhere you went, they ran with you in game one. The question is, can they do it in game two? Can they do it in game three? Because that's your method. The, the Warriors aren't going to change how they do business. The question is, can the Lakers sustain with the Warriors in that process? And there is an opportunity, to your point tonight, to put this thing just – you've got to feel like if you're the Lakers and you get the first two wins out of this series. Like, you've got to feel like you have put yourself in a massive, massive situation getting the two wins – at Golden State to go home with, you know what's on the line, but you're also going to have to be measured in your approach. Now, I will say this. I'll say this. When it comes to the Lakers, I think Darvin Ham has to watch if the game is getting out of hand. If you're Steve Kerr and the Warriors, I don't think so because with 5.58 to go in that game in the fourth quarter in game one, they went down 14 That's points. That's a fair point, yeah. And let me tell you, it's, let me tell you a stupid move that I made. And I know the history of the Warriors. My damn brother used to play with Stephen Clay out there in Golden State, Tony Douglas. So I, I don't even know why my mind went there. I said to myself when they went down 14 with 558 left golden game, I said, dang, the, the Warriors done now. Surprisingly, and shouldn't, shouldn't have even been surprisingly for me, the Warriors tied that basketball game up. So I, just, I, just, just within the blink of an eye. You know, I'm, 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 uh, my body is a temple. I'm a shrine. And uh, as part of that, I make these protein shakes that I drink all day during our show, right? And so I, as you know, a lot of times on these late night games, because I get up so early, what I do is I watch first half, then I pause it, and then I record it. And the next morning, I watch the second half before I see any results. So I know what's going on. So I'm sitting there in game one, and I'm making my eggs, right? And I'm making my protein shakes. But the, the blender's really loud, and it takes a minute. It's got one of those ninja blenders that you, like, clip on, and it takes a minute. It's the loudest thing in the world. So I, I put shake number one on the blender. goes for a minute. Not paying attention to anything. The blender's super loud, right? Talking to Annabelle. Blender's super loud. Loving I'm a dog. <laughs> I put the next one on. Poof. I got a minit. Like, it's just loud. It's going rawr, 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 the whole time, and I'm sitting there playing with Annabelle. And I look over, and I'm like, son of a biscuit. The game went from a blowout. I had to turn it and rewind it. I'm like, what in the hell did I miss? <laughs> had to turn back. So, so to your point, you are right. I am an idiot. If you're Golden State, you're never out of this unless you're down by 20 with, you know, eight seconds left. Because you're you're right. Yep. The Golden State has been able to shoot their way back into so many different games. Did, did, I, did I tell you how I won a, a, a bet a long time ago? Um, I think it was like when, when KD was still playing with the Warriors, right? And they were down, I think, may have been like 15 points in the first quarter. Well, I went on a little app, and I bet that the Warriors were going to come back and win the first quarter, right, because of the elite shooting that they had on the basketball court. Well, the odds were, were, were insane. And I think I won, Fitz, from that one little bet that I think I bet probably like $100 on. I think I won like six grand oh. because the odds were so crazy for them to come back and win the first quarter. Oh. I mean, that's we should all know better by now. I, I do know this. It, it is this anticipated for a reason. It's the brands. It's the stars. It's the style of play. It's the matchup. It's the history. It's the legacy. It's all of the things everybody's been talking about. It is rare for playoff series to live up to the hype. Tonight will be important to see if this series, not just these individual games, but this series 
will live up to the hype. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. It's tonight tonight we get the LeBron show for the Lake show. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on your smart speakers. Just say, hey, play ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. LeBron James and the Lakers steal home court advantage away from the Warriors with a huge game one win in San Francisco. How will Golden State respond? Coverage begins tonight at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just tell them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tonight... Lakers-Warriors, 9 p.m. Eastern. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Coverage on ESPN begins at 8 p.m. Eastern with NBA Countdown. Want to break it all down from one of the best ESPN lead NBA play-by-play announcer, Mike Breen. Uh, Breen will be on the call tonight with Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, as always. Mike, really appreciate your time. We've been talking a lot about you know pace here and number of minutes and the wear and tear on the Lakers. What do you expect from them tonight, given how many minutes AD and LeBron had to play in last uh, two nights ago in their win? Well, I think, guys, the... Um... You know, both of them have been through so many playoff games, wars, obviously LeBron, that they know how to recover. They know how to take care of their bodies. And I think the interesting thing with with both of them, and especially LeBron James, you know, he's letting his supporting cast do a lot. And he's not just completely taking over games. Now, we'll probably see him once or twice this series do that. But I think one of the keys to their turnaround is the trust that, that James has in, you know, that cast, whether it's D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Schroeder. Um, these guys have all taken turns. So um, I don't think the minutes are going to have a lot to do with it because, because of that and also because he just knows how to take care of his body and be ready for the next game. So, Mike, from a physicality standpoint, when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, I think the physical part of the game were was actually in their favor in game one, and it should be actually in every game in this series. Do you think the Los Angeles Lakers lean a lot more on that in game two, more so than they did in game one? Well, I, I think, that, you know, for, for them, the whole key is Anthony Davis. And he, he was dominant, absolutely dominant, and he's capable of being dominant. Um, He's one of the special players in the league when he's healthy. You know, the question has always been, can he stay healthy? And the other thing, can he stay engaged the way he did that whole game? He played 44 minutes. For him, that's a lot. And, um, you know, he was a little gassed at the end, but he just had a magnificent performance. And they don't really have – I wouldn't say he's an overly physical player. Just because of his size and his mobility – He's a dominant player, and that that's more key for me for the Lakers than you know than trying to become physical. Uh, it was a bizarre it was a bizarre game one. <laughs> I mean, you have a team shooting making making fifteen more threes than their opponent, and they lose. That has hardly ever happened in the history of the NBA. That much of a disparity, and part of it was because of the enormous disparity from the free throw line. It just 
it was a strange game. And, you know, we always talk about feel, feel out games for game one. You know, after you play a, a team, Golden State played Sacramento seven times in a row. Lakers played the Grizzlies six times in a row. Now, all of a sudden, you got to switch. You kind of get familiar with your opponent. Now, you could play a team that has a completely different style, different personnel. And sometimes it does take a game to kind of feel out, all right, what do we got here? Even though they know the teams, after you play a, a, a previous series, sometimes it takes a game before you feel it out. So I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see what, uh, what some of the adjustments will be today. So you mentioned the mismatch that AD creates, Mike. How does uh, Golden State counter that in this game? Well, I mean, you're not going to completely stop him because if, if you just devote every bit of attention to him, now you've got LeBron James who can completely dominate. Now you have the other players who've all, again, taken turns of, of being really good. Um, I, again, I, I don't know what Steve Kerr's going to do. Will he go small? Will he make it where he, he's got to bring Anthony Davis away from the basket? You know, as much as Golden State's a great three-point shooting team, they get a lot of their buckets at the rim. And Anthony Davis kind of discourages you from even trying that, <laughs> let alone blocking shots. So I, I think that might be something they might try. Uh, because he is just, you know, he's been roaming the paint, and he took away a, a, a pretty big chunk of of what makes them successful. Now, Mike, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I really, really enjoy when you, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson are able to broadcast a basketball game for Mark's mama. There goes that man. But for you. When you hit that bang, that it does something to my insides, Mike. Can you tell us when did you first discover that bang? When it comes to a guy well, hitting down a big shot in the ball game. Well, one of the reasons I first started doing it when I was a student at Fordham University in the Bronx. I would sit in the stands because I went to pretty much all the Fordham basketball games back then. The ones I wasn't broadcasting on the college station. And when a Fordham player hit a big shot, I, that's what I yelled in the stands. You know, when you're a college kid, you, you go crazy for your team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And then I, I started using it on the air um, when I was broadcasting in college. And, and I found that during a big moment in a game, when the crowd is, and especially in the NBA, when the crowd is just at its highest peak, the human voice is not built to override that crowd noise. It's just it's impossible to do. So I wanted to have a concise call at those big moments so you could make your call and get out of the way and let the crowd kind of take over. And bang is a one-syllable word. You can't get more concise than that. And I just felt it, it, it was something that was good in, the, in a big moment with the crowd behind you. So that, that's kind of the origin and, and why I stuck with it. It's interesting hearing you talk about that, Mike, because it feels like where we're sitting, you mentioned the crowd, where we're sitting, this truly has been a differently hyped series because of these two brands and the legends involved in it. For you and, and Jeff and Mark and everybody around it, does it feel like it has a little more intensity than you're used to for a second round matchup from where you guys sit? I wouldn't say intensity. It has a, a little more flair to it, narrative to it, because, I mean, you have the two most, you have the two biggest names in the sport playing that have this rivalry and the two of them are both not at the end of their career but certainly on the backside of their career because i wouldn't put it past either one of them to play play a lot more um and they're still playing at this incredible level that that very few people have ever played at at any age 
and they're 38 and 35. So I think, I think that adds to it. You know, the star power, plus you have the team that's won four titles in the last eight years against the Lakers, who are the, one of the marquee franchises in the, in the history of professional sports, let alone the NBA. And it's just all this stuff adds up. And, and then you add in that both teams really struggled in the regular season to the point where we weren't sure if they were even going to make the play-in. And now both of them have a chance to win another title. they got a long ways to go, both of them, but they've got a chance. So I, I think that's what makes this one so special, all those factors involved. Now, Mike, I, I've been around Mark Jackson you know, a, a quite a bit. He coached my brother in Golden State, Tony Douglas. I haven't been around Jeff Van Gundy that much, but I know you are around both of those guys for a lot of time. Who is the biggest diva, Mike? That's what we all want to know. Who's the biggest diva between the two? <laughs> Harry, Harry uh, I, I say this all the time about the two of them. Um, I mean, I love my job, and I, I feel so blessed to be doing what I'm doing. And some, some nights I, I can't believe I get to sit courtside and, and call these games. But really what does make it special for me is working with those two. We've, we've all kind of grown up together. When I first started doing – Nick's radio, Jeff was an assistant coach and Mark was a player, you know, and we've, we've watched each other's children grow up. We've kind of, you know, gone to this advanced age now. Um, it's really one of the joys of, of my life of being able to have all these years doing games with them. Um, and with that said, I'm so, uh, I will say this in terms of diva level, they're both really high. It's, um, <laughs> it's hard to pick one. That's the I only drawback. Oh, I love it. Mike. That, so I, I can't pick one over the other. That is the best answer ever. And uh, look, we're, we're huge fans of your work, obviously. We appreciate you bringing, uh, bringing a little of your brilliance and expertise to us. Have a great call tonight. Thanks for giving us uh, some insight on this series. Thanks. Jason and Harry, thank you. And Harry, say hi to your brother for me. I had fond memories of doing Nick games when your brother played. I will. Thanks, Mike. No, that's so cool. I mean, Mike Breen, and by the way, you hear in his voice the respect for the guys he works with. You can't yeah. fake chemistry. Man, that tree, that trio has it all day, every day. Mike Breen, ESPN lead, NBA play-by-play announcer. Remember, coverage on ESPN begins at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight with NBA Countdown. The game's tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, and you can listen to all of it on ESPN Radio starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. When there's a big game, there's one thing we have to do. Fitzpicks. It's next. My God, I've been wrong on a lot of these. It's about to turn around. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. LeBron James and the Lakers steal home court advantage away from the Warriors with a huge game one win in San Francisco. How will Golden State respond? Coverage begins tonight at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Time to build your balance. Give me the money. This is Fitz Picks. Give me the money. It's Fitz Picks. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. 
Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. All right, I usually just make a very standard pick. I'm gonna get a little in the a little in the weed here, the weeds here though, because there is a play that I think <laughs> actually. Whoa! Oh, wait a second! I mean, I'm always a little in the weed. I mean, a little okay. in the weed. Okay, proceed, proceed, proceed. I mean, my God, uh, not always, by the way. In case Mickey Mouse is listening uh, after the show, uh, after the show, always in uh, a, a little in. Uh, here's the one thing that I think is interesting to me. Player points in this game, right? Like, because look, the spread is six and a half on the app I'm on right now, literally, as I'm sitting here trying to figure out what to bet. The spread is six and a half, Golden State favored by six and a half. I think that's a big number. Six and a half feels like a big number. That scares me a little bit. What doesn't scare me is under 26 and a half for Anthony Davis. What did we talk about yesterday? The fact that he goes from 31 to the teens, from 30 to the teens. Like, this is over the course of the last five games throughout the course of this playoff. This is not going to be, if you look at any of the games so far, a heavy point production night for Anthony Davis. So, I like Anthony Davis under 26 and a half as a really easy play. Like, I, I hear everybody when they all tell me that Anthony Davis is a matchup nightmare. I hear everybody when they tell me, including you, Harry, smartly so, that the game has to go through Anthony Davis for the Lakers to have the best chance to win. I just can't find consistency in scoring from Anthony Davis. So it feels like to me this is a really easy night to say under 26 and a half. That's a lot of points for Anthony Davis. I'm comfortable saying I don't think he's going to score that many. Yeah, I agree with that because all he has to do is score 26 and under and you win the bet. Right. So uh, I'm cool with that. And also you got to look at LeBron James. It's just the night where LeBron James has his best game, right? That's still on the table because that didn't happen in game one and he deferred a lot more towards his teammates. If he sees Anthony Davis, you know, struggling and not having a big night like he did in night one, game one, does he take more on the onus on himself to be that initiator? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the game plan looks like because I, we don't know with the Lakers right now what to expect, but we do know what to expect, I think, from the Warriors at some some extent. Like, they shot lights out in game one. They're going to have to shoot lights out in game two also. They're going to have to get that done because I don't even want to gloss over the fact that these first two games are in Golden State. Like, I feel like we've, we've acknowledged over the course of the last couple of days, but Harry, let's be real. Given the fact that there are 12 road wins all year for Golden State, the last thing they want to do is go back to L.A., down two games to nothing. And I don't know if you heard this, but at the end of the last game in Golden State, there were people chanting for the Lakers. Like, Lakers fans were in that building at Golden State. Like, if you're Golden State, you need to get this one because the road woes are real and you don't want to go down 2 nothing at home. Well, I'll say this. If the Golden State Warriors go down 2-0, I would never count them out. But going down 2-0 versus the Lakers is different than going down 2-0 versus Sacramento Kings. You have a guy named LeBron James who has been to a ton of NBA Finals, who has won four of them, who has been league MVP numerous of times, and is also still that dude at the age that he is. You also have Anthony Davis who had the phenomenal game. You think about the Los Angeles Lakers and their fan base and what they've meant to the National Basketball Association for so long. And you think about those guys that are up in those rafters. You know probably one of those games in L.A. that the Lakers are going to win. So now you're looking at a going into game five, potentially down 3-1. Mm. I don't think the Warriors can afford that. Uh, now, look, I, I think the Warriors are going to win this game. It's just six and a half is a lot of points. You know, and the way these games have played out throughout the course of the playoffs, I, everything has been so close in most of these series that we – other than last night, obviously, Boston just absolutely embarrassing – 
Philly, uh, it's hard for me to imagine this game getting out of hand. I think this is a close game. The closer this game is, the more I'm going to feel like I I trust at that point late in the game. I'm going to trust the legs of the Warriors late in the game. Like there is just this moment where I do believe, even though you know we we've heard others say they don't think. I do believe that pace of play is going to be an issue over the course of this game, and I do believe that legs are going to matter. Let's see if uh, if Vanderbilt and Schroeder can continue to run with Steph the way they did in Game 1 because that was freaking awesome to watch them play with that level of defensive tenacity. But two days later to come back and do it again, that's going to be asking a lot. Yeah, but for me, what's the counter for the, for the Los Angeles Lakers, right? If Steph becomes the primary ball handler, what's the counter to it, right? Are you going to trap him when he, when he comes across half court and force him to, you know, pass the ball up to someone else and force one of these other guys to make shots all night long? Or are you just going to let him go one-on-one and get his shot, uh, which is probably the best thing for Steph in this moment, Then more so than giving the ball up and now now you're, you're getting face guarded, you got to run through a million screens, which he is capable of doing. But like I said, I don't think this is a, a bona fide screen-setting team like I've seen the Warriors in the past. Because think about it, you had Andrew Bogut, you what's some other bigs that they've had? I can't even think right now, I'm drawing a blank. But they've had other guys that have set these stifling screens for Stephen Clay in the past. I don't think they have that now. I think over under on text for Draymond is one. Yeah, you know, I, I mean I, one one tech for Draymond's gonna be real in this one. But to your <laughs> point with Steph. I also think there's this moment, look, he said all the right things about Jordan Poole taking a shot that I think legs really smartly broke down, was not a bad basketball play, but there were some things that went wrong with it along the way. I just don't know that Steph's going to be as comfortable early deferring in this, you know, it just feels like these are the moments I'm used to seeing Steph say, get the ball in my hands, I will make this happen, I will give us that opportunity. So I think Steph's going to have a big night, I don't think AD's going to have a big night, and I think the Warriors are going to win. You with me? Boom. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Bang. Bang. Yeah. Boom shakalaka. Uh, bang. Yeah. Bang is going to be good. Uh, be sure to check the game out 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, coverage starts on eight at 8.30 p.m. on ESPN Radio. You don't want to miss any of it. You don't want to miss Candy and Carlin coming up next. We'll have plenty of reaction to this tomorrow also. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.